Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! I can see for miles and miles. I can see for miles and miles. I can see for miles and miles and miles. Sometimes we can't even see right in front of our face. Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, where we are like Einstein here. We have no special talents. We are just passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here and where is it that we want to go? Guys, did y'all just hear me hiccup? Yep. Got ready to uh, immerse you guys in knowledge. Knowledge and tidbits of power. Tidbits of power, really power because... I think it is discerned wisdom that I wish I would have had 20 years ago. I heard a buddy of mine say, this is what you want to have given yourself 20 years ago to help you avoid some of the pitfalls that we inevitably have fallen into. It's almost like having that roadmap. And if you can rely on other good men, to give you that map, why would you not follow it? Lessen your mistakes. Do what it is that you're attempting to do. Have a better marriage. Raise healthier kids. With so few mistakes, they're always going to come. But if you have that circle around you, that circle of knowledge... My gosh, it can sure make life easier. I always thought you just put your head down, bull through something, work harder, whereas my wife always sought out wisdom. And it greatly improved her chances. I wouldn't say at success, at doing what it was she subscribed to attempt to do in the first place. Two totally different ways of thinking, and I have now, as we mentioned in an earlier episode, made that arc, and I see not only how important that is and was, but is absolutely essential. All that being said, uh, two fragmented ways of thinking, they make a whole, and uh, definitely made us much better. And uh, so I'm richly blessed to have met her and to have her. Where do we begin here today, guys? Like I said, I got ready to do this podcast for you fine men, and I started getting the hiccups. So what did I do to alleviate that? I reached into my humidor. I don't know where I got this cigar. Someone must have given it to me. But it's called Warfighter Tobacco. I mean, just from looking at it, the construction of it, it doesn't look... uh, like it's an inordinately expensive smoke. 
I mean, it's very light in color, but I mean, it has got a good little robust taste for being a light cigar. But if any of you know it, it has an ammo can on it and with a big flame coming out. I've never seen this cigar before. Certainly never smoked it before, but I'm doing it right now to alleviate these hiccups. And it's a real cool, still night. And I'm thinking back to that episode that I did as soon as I got back off the road. I'm going to call that one really just kind of dusting off the furniture. Have you ever been moving at such a rapid pace and then you just finally sit down and you exhale and uh, you're sitting down around with the family and you don't have to do much. You're just happy to all be together, catch your breath. Not much has to be said. And I would say eh, there were a few good little nuggets in that last episode, but it wasn't as impactful as I would have liked. So for that, I apologize. But what it was born of, it was born of a joy to be back with you guys. This is my podcasting family, right? This is my group. We, uh, as we said early on, we're going on this journey together. And we're basically talking through the big issues of life. And interlacing it with a little bit of humor. And hopefully it'll get us somewhere, Lord willing. So, in that note, we said we can see for miles and miles. Oftentimes, we can't even see right there in front of our face. And that is so true. And at the same time, how many people are very adept at playing the chess game of life? My son knows how to play chess, and recently I started playing it with him. And I guess my biggest obstacle to playing chess before was simply that I didn't want to work that hard to have recreation. And chess is hard work. It requires some serious brain power. You're trying to anticipate everything. Several moves in advance. So with respect of those anticipated moves going forward, I think that is the correct way. There is something much more to than simply working hard on what is directly in front of you. And it will behoove, behoove you, excuse me, to do so in respect to business, in respect to the direction of your life and your family's life, certainly in competition and strategy with an enemy and or a foe. And in our journey, if you remember, I believe I said that or that may have been the caption of the very first episode. When we began this together, man, I said, and I'm paraphrasing, sometimes in order to go forward, you must go backward. And you know, I oftentimes like to tie episodes together. And so before we go forward, let's do a few perfunctories and tie up some of the concepts of the past without belaboring them. Some episodes in the not-too-distant past. And one was on... Are you too nice? 
and we described some different people. I think we talked about Bill Cosby, but my daughter always has me watching the episode or the series Friends with her. She's crazy about Friends. And that got me thinking about Matthew Perry, one of the stars who recently passed away. I believe he drowned, but more than probably from what we've been seeing on media. Of course, how can you always believe media? But we know he had a lot of substance abuse problems and addictions, things of that nature. And after that show canceled, he really went off the rails. But what did he play on that show? If you remember, it was just a group of friends, think three girls, three guys. I could have it wrong. And so you had uh, Matthew Perry's character. Don't recall his name. I think you had Ross, and then you had Joey. But if you've ever watched it, none of these guys were really all that masculine. I guess even in the doggone 90s, they had figured out that masculinity just wasn't going to sell to that audience. We needed to stay away from that. The only guy they had that remotely resembled it was Joey. And of course, in order for him to have a little bit of masculinity, albeit it was worldly masculinity, um, he couldn't have a brain. So he was kind of a dummy guy. But all that being said, there you had the quintessential too nice a person. And it's very true, it's very difficult to be true to yourself when you are like that. And then I had an episode that we called, I think, Sean Strickland No. Um, and I'm just going to throw one more thing out there because this is an upcoming guest and this correlates. I have Micah Morales, who's coming, he's a new friend of mine, he's going to come build a front gate with me and a new automated front gate at our property. And Micah was either the number 84 or 86th bull rider in the entire mundo, in the entire world. So you know he's a tough bitch, right? No one jumps on bulls unless they've got some grit. And I can tell you if you had that arm that wrist and that hand that he used to tie that bull rope into. And when I get him on here this week, when he's working on that gate, I'm going to have him tell, I can't remember the rank bull's name, but he was at the cavalry stampede in Alberta and he had the ride of his life. And uh, I'm going to have him give a play by play of that. But going back to you, Sean Strickland, if you got Micah Morales in an arm bar on that bull riding hand, I don't think he'd tap for you either. Also, in the vein of going backwards, it looks like these uh, these hiccups have dispersed. And I remember old Rush Limbaugh. He used to smoke those stogies on the EIB network. Now, I'm not saying I'm Rush Limbaugh. Guy was an icon, set the stage for everyone to come. And um, I'm not uh, I'm not going to say I'm more handsome than Rush Limbaugh. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. However, I will say I'm probably more fit than Rush Limbaugh. And moreover, I'm pretty sure that I have a little bit more intestinal fortitude than Rush Limbaugh may have possessed. 
And that brings me a little further along. Now we can go forward. When you start thinking about confidence and ego, confidence is just a calm assurance based upon your known abilities. Those abilities that you know that you have possess, that you possess, and you have seen the extension of those, and thereby you have confidence. Ego is a mask for whatever they are for you. Can be a myriad of insecurities that are inside of yourself. Therefore, you have to portray something different that is akin to confidence, but it is made up. I would say that's probably an easily, yeah, an easy delineation between confidence and ego. And if you're holding on to ego, be careful. Be careful. Work on your confidence. Now, long draw, exhale, good smoke. I'm setting the stage because you know that I believe words have meaning, and they do. They're just often underutilized now. We've lost that art. I'm in the data collection phase right now, man. I want to collect some data and see if I can get some recurring tendencies. And I would like for you all to email me about this. And, of course, I can be reached at each episode's website uh, through WordPress. It will allow you to leave comments. Or you can email me at get underscore the word recovery at msn.com, G-E-T, the underscore symbol, the word recovery, at msn.com. And I wanted to pose a question to you, and I am super interested in your answer. And here's the question. Do you think that you are a good man? And if so... Why? And I'm not saying you are not. You've heard me make multiple statements about myself, but this is, I just would like to know how you feel about yourself. And when you answer that why, where did that come from? Is it that quiet confidence that's inside of you? You feel complete? Mm-hmm. Is it because greater society at large has presented you with that attribute? Has your own family told you that? Your wife, your kids? Hey, that's empirical data right there. Hold on to it. I'm just curious. We're going to go somewhere with that. So the question is, do you believe that you are a good man? And if so, why? Please send me a comment, and we will address that later on in an episode that I'm already thinking about. And that's not setting anyone up. That's no preconceived notion. It certainly isn't uh, being judgmental. We all know the scripture. 
do not judge lest you be judged yourself. I think that's also open to interpretation because we have to judge people every single day. We have to judge people for our own safety. We have to interweave in and out of organizations, coworkers, um, family members, just general people in the world. And we have to be able to form some type of impression in order to meander through that situation. What I think that scripture actually means, and I hope no theologians jump on me, especially some astute people like a John MacArthur, a Vody Bauckham, a Paul Washer, is how could you cast judgment on someone when you know you're a fallen man, i.e. a sinner, and you still have unrepentant sin in your own life? At the same time, it could also mean how are you going to go... I don't know, let's say you've got a guy who puts $10,000 bets on the craps table. And he always comes home a loser, but dude has a lot of money. And, um, you know, you're looking at your threshold and you lose money on one and $200 bets at the craps table. Do you need to judge that guy when that, in fact, is taking place in your own life? It's open to interpretation. You guys decide. But... Yeah, we just want to put together some data, and we're going to have an episode about that. And I'm really, really curious as to what it is you have to say. And since most of my burgeoning flock are super cool guys, I have a feeling most of you guys are going to say yes. And we know on some of the intros on past episodes, we have commented and applauded the fact that we're being listened to now all over the world. We know that we are the cup and chaos podcast and the world is in disarray we know about the conflict between russia and ukraine but did you know we now have listeners in russia and in ukraine but what i really wanted to do was give a shout out to all my listeners in our neighboring state of louisiana taking a puff here thank you so much man i mean when you look at southeast texas and Uh, southwest Louisiana. We're pretty much all identical. We've got those crazy Cajuns running around there that share culture with us right here. And food, entertainment, and uh, outdoor activities. And uh, so much in common. We just happen to be uh, separated by that Sabine River right there. Um, But, yeah... I've got to say thank you to all my listeners in Louisiana because, like I said, I used to run those roads there literally every week and uh, made a living out of that great state. I loved, um, man, I love being with some of those crazy Cajuns. I love being with the farmers. Um, I loved being with all those dudes in the city. It's just a vibrant state. I appreciate it a great deal. I'm glad to have you guys on board. Now, let's go forward to the anticipation of moves, i.e. the game of chess. And thinking of head, especially when it comes to strategy, planning, competition, and or your enemy or foes. Different people can think very differently. And... That wasn't a misnomer. What I should have said 
was that there are people who think very differently than a lot of us. And my wife was recently with a lady by the name of Temple Grandin. And since she emceed the event, she didn't get the opportunity to really speak to Temple that much. But what they did say really got my wife to thinking. She had not met her before. In fact, she did not know her. Neither did I. But she gave my wife a book. It's called Visual Thinking, The Hidden Gifts of People Who Think in Pictures, Patterns, and Abstractions. And then she has a series now, or excuse me, a movie. I'm not sure if it's on Amazon Prime or Netflix, but we watched it. Truly amazing. This was a lady born autistic, but she had a mind that was like a series of gears. And the title and the caption of her book is exactly how it worked. It was almost like a NASA engineer at play at all times. And what she ended up becoming famous for was redesigning slaughterhouses and feedlots to be more humane domiciles for the cattle that they grew, took care of, and then ultimately harvested for our beef production. And what she reckoned, since she was a cowboy, what she reckoned was that you could design some things based upon these animals, if you want to call it their herd and or social um, mentality, and design it um, more ergonomically where it was less stressful for these animals. And in the course of doing that, it became a much more efficient and cost-effective process, and the animals underwent a lot less trauma. In fact, Temple Grandin ended up being able to communicate with with these livestock probably better than all the cowboys around there. And she was so different despite her autism. When she would put her product out there, i.e. in her original designs or sketches, it garnered the attention of... Uh, the executives at these slaughterhouses, these big companies that control the meat market in America, and also the cowboys that got them there in the first place. She became very adept at dealing with men. Not so much with ladies at that time, but men had an unusual respect for her just simply by the different way that her mind works. And, of course, I think she has multiple patents, has redesigned most of those aforementioned facilities in America that we just spoke of. And she's currently a professor at Colorado State University and then has gone on to be an autism advocate and and people with needs of that nature so that beginning with their own parents and society at large, better understand them. How many times when we see someone different do we not simply take the time? That goes back to being passionately 
curious, right, men? And if we just slow down and take the time, we can actually receive the gifts that other people have. And that is what makes life really, really grand. So she was a forward thinker who could think very much in advance. Another one that really got my attention, also a lady, we just recently watched the movie Golda. And of course, that's talking about Golda Mayor. And she was Prime Minister of Israel during the Yom Kippur War. And David Ben-Gurion, who is credited as being the founder of the Jewish state in 1948, actually said that Golda Meor was always and always will be the best man in Israeli government. She was that astute, could form that many alliances, get so many accomplished men to work together, people like Moshe Dayan, Dada, Ariel Sharon, and she was the bulwark for Israel. An incredible lady, a very different lady. But somehow... These men had the utmost loyalty for her. But that was because of her ability to think and plan several moves ahead. Fascinating story. It just shows you how all these different pieces can come together and put together this illustrative and vibrant jigsaw of life. It's the jigsaw of life that we all need to get our hands on and eagerly anticipate building for one another. And I am going to finish with that, man. Until next time on the Comfortable in Chaos podcast, I bid you boin voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos.